0: back to my youtube channel we've got some special guests here today we've got the creators of the producers and the cinematographers and the creators of a flash of beauty mm-hmm. parts one and two part 22 flash now of beauty bigfoot yeah. revealed and so we're in forks washington just so you know where we are we were home at- of
1: twilight Home of Twilight, yeah. mm-hmm. is that right?
0: Yeah. You should know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so I met these folks, so this is Mike, Jill, and Brett, and uh, I met them last July when they came out to the Palouse, mm-hmm. to Pullman and Moscow, to film the first part of the movie, because yep. we call it Flash of Beauty Bigfoot Reveal. I oh, know. No. It was part two. Part, two. Two. Yeah. part two. I had seen yeah. part one just to. F- yeah. So yeah. so part one had already been filmed. Right. And I was really impressed with part one because, oh, I mean, the cinematography awesome. was really good and just kind of pulled you in. All those witnesses. And in a lot of Bigfoot films, you know, you get the witness testimony, but there's no cinematography, you know, mm-hmm. value to it beyond an ordinary documentary. It's just a lot of talking heads, right? Yeah. But you guys wanted to do something different with that. Is that yep. right? Yep. That's been the goal all along, is
1: to, is to do something that sticks out, that people will, you know, look at and say, oh, yeah, they're, they're serious about this. Uh, we maybe we should be serious about this, you know, um, and we we just thought that it was kind of missing in the space, you know. Right. And, and we've all believed in Bigfoot for forever so you know because it's
0: part of the territory of in oregon Mm -hmm. absolutely Absolutely.
1: yeah yeah being native you know pacific northwesterners and oregonians i guess all three of us are native oregonians um it's been it's been in the background since
2: as long as we can
1: remember yeah and you've
0: done other films before Mm -hmm. this yeah
2: yeah so
1: we brought our cinematic experience from our fictional films to this documentary in order right shoot it differently you know we wanted closer shots we wanted people talking directly to the camera so an emotional response to the
2: audience to the viewer yeah we've all seen kind of grainy night footage of people out in the woods yes you know, storming around and we kind of wanted to take a different route and let the you know the stories are as fantastic as you know seeing bigfoot so it's like why don't we just dive into the story and let that you know paint the picture so. yeah yeah
0: and so what you had for me that was different was this wonderful drone footage in part one, which really, for me, creates this emotional feel of expansiveness, of mm-hmm. mystery. Is that intentional or am I just sort of projecting
2: well, that on? Brett was the drone pilot, got all these great shots. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, I'm mean, i sure we use it to paint a picture and introduce, you know, where we're shooting, where the story's taking place. But um, you can...
1: Yeah, I, it, it's, I think it's kind of a fundamental, you know, Fundamental part of storytelling is sense of place and sense of the world that you're in and establishing the world that you're in. And so uh, what a better way to do it than establishing our our sense of place through drone shots, you know, and I, I just feel so grateful to have this technology to utilize it and be able to fly over some of these different areas. But, uh, you know, the, the second part of that is just to show how expansive the wilderness is. Yeah, And I think right. that people, you know, especially people that don't go out into nature very often, forget just how much wilderness is out there. Um, so it would be very easy for a large, bipedal, you know, community of Sasquatch to be habitating throughout North America.
0: And that's what you establish in the first film, mm-hmm. that you have that uh, mapping expert yeah there. yeah the bigfoot mapping project yeah right yeah. where people can go and you can see how close the sightings are mm-hmm. not just from the bfro sites but you have actually a map yeah of the yeah. whole us and you can see hey there was one next town you know yeah over
1: there it's crazy no we've we found found them and we live in suburban portland oregon and yeah. we found bigfoot sightings four or five miles from our house
0: they mapped the bfro site to them yeah. To, a, to a map. That yeah. was a news. And it's that. Is it that witness who says, which is a shock to me. Yeah, and I'm sure really, you, anyone... Oh, we've got Astro in the shot here. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to be here. Hello. Yeah. I mean, here he is. <laughs> it doesn't get any cuter than this. Hey, this is my personal oh, Yeti yes. detector. Yeah. As Jill said, my emotional Squatch animal. Because <laughs> after a Squatch <laughs> encounter, we all need an ESA. Yeah. Yes, yes, we do. To recover. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, <laughs> i was surprised to learn that was he said two-thirds of the united states has been unexplored mm-hmm. physically yeah, that's okay. huge it's ah. massive it's, it's massive and i i just don't think people realize that how big it is because yeah. a lot of people i talk to say well and i spoke to someone i know from texas the other day she says hasn't the whole united states been explored yeah. is there any space left And you establish right sort of towards the beginning we don't know most of the physical landmass. there's huge yeah. areas out there even Les Stroud said that in some of his, she says, look at these shots. Don't you think there could be something out there that we have we don't figure it out yet? Yeah, right.
1: yeah, yeah. I mean, you you look at Canada, you look at Canada and all their major cities are at the southern border. You know, I mean, there's just nobody living. Look at the size of Canada, for instance. And then you got Alaska on top of that. Huge, you know, it's huge, just huge. It's just so big. I advise people to get a window seat next time they're traveling over yeah. there. America.
0: At least the northern... And state. these particular creatures are very good at being stealthy, mm-hmm. as we established in part two, yeah. a flash of beauty, the paranormal Bigfoot. So even, it's not just the size of the U.S., it's even in suburban areas, they can show up and surprise people, right? Yep.
1: Yep.
3: They can yep. fit
0: into many spaces, anything many, many except of part a uh, really dense urban area, right?
3: Well, you know, we actually... Uh, I spoke with someone you've spoken with him too. We'll keep him anonymous, but he, a gentleman who lives in the Midwest, and he talks about. You know, I'm in like an urban, like a city area, and they're using the greenways, traveling at night. They're like their own highways. It's like they're everywhere. And Rich Germeau said as much too. These sightings and interactions, they're not rare.
0: It's a lot more common than people realize. It's more common and it's underreported yes. by a exactly. long shot. Yeah, there's still a stigma
2: yeah. attached to it, I think. There's, and that's yeah. part of what we tried to do with the movie is, you know, make it okay to talk about this subject. Right. right.
0: Yeah. And that's really what you did in part one. You have a lot of witnesses and you establish sort of the case. Look, these these creatures exist. You're some of the witnesses yeah. Right. in yeah. a lot of good cases. What did you want to do in part two? What did you feel was left to be done from the first movie?
1: part two is, is all about the strangeness and the strange things that people encounter during bigfoot sightings and it's not true with every single sighting obviously you know a lot of sightings are crossing the road and and they last for five seconds maybe the most mm-hmm. but um more some of the more extended experiences when i say extended experiences, i'm talking about experiences that last longer than about a minute or two then they and start ongoing. and ongoing yeah, yeah because it seems like there's subsequent experiences after the initial experience and which is part of I guess you could say it's kind of part of the paranormal phenomena, it's almost like somebody is marked, it's almost like um, they have now been um, indoctrinated into the world of the Squatch, you know, and so they keep having these sightings and experiences and so eventually these individuals have these things that they just can't explain, you know, Um, orbs and disappearances and um, infrasound where they feel stunned, Um, so it's, yeah weird and and we can't throw that data out we can't ignore it you know it's right. a disservice to the phenomena to the creature and to ourselves as humans to have that understanding well
3: and to the people who've experienced and like seen the orbs seen seen lights or had the telepathy and a whole host of uh, things that fall outside of a flesh and blood encounter right it's uh it's doing them justice as well to let yep. them know that they're being heard yes. and what they thought was crazy and they don't want to talk about a lot of other people are experiencing and as we get into in the sequel maybe it's not so crazy it's just science we don't fully really understand
0: yes
1: and you sir are attempting <laughs> to help
0: us understand that science oh well thanks the guy <laughs> thank <to> you <laughs> so i did film with them as we mentioned in july we did had a great day together yeah, out okay. there on the palouse A variety of of locations, Mm -hmm. including on Moscow Mountain, where there have been sightings nearby over the years, if you do your research, not all that far away. And so, in part two, you're basically saying your secret's safe with us, Mm -hmm. Alice, and you, without giving too much away, and I guess I'm privy, I saw the screening uh, yesterday, Yeah. so we don't want to give too much away, but you have a lot, and I would say, very interesting cases that defy the ordinary flesh and blood explanation. Yeah. Because for years we've been hearing from the Bigfoot researchers, we want to be the scientists here, we want the data. But what data are they looking at? Right. Exactly.
3: They're looking at the data that fits into their narrative. But their narrative, And exactly. backs up yep. their story and their beliefs yep. and their foundation.
0: So, footprints, handprints, and howls, which was all very interesting, no right. no doubt about it. And yeah. we had a great panel discussion this morning, yeah. and those people that did that in the 70s and 80s, sort of, for them, that was a huge risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We were mentioning Grover Krantz, for him even to come out. I heard his niece talk recently, Laura mm-hmm. Krantz. Oh, wow. She works for NPR. Oh, really? Wow. And she said, I recently <laughs> discovered that oh, wow. my uncle was one of those crazy Bigfoot guys, and I wanted to find out for myself how crazy he was, and then I started investigating, Mm -hmm. and they found that he he actually was considered a very legitimate character. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think she wrote a book. Yeah. You know, so this is the stigma we're dealing with, isn't Mm -hmm. it? Even just going from hard evidence footprints and and recordings of sounds, but what people experience is a little more than that it's a, it? people it's get, a lot it, more
2: than it that it becomes personal i mean people get into gifting relationships and mm-hmm. these gifts go back and forth and the it gifting, becomes personalized yes. you know we like daryl adams you know his wife was going through some heart dis- um heart issues right so you know what shows up is you know heart-shaped rocks or you know it's something yeah. that has you know some mm-hmm it's a sentient person and it has emotions and it's yeah you know it's, it's so this
0: challenges that. our cultural beliefs about so. we're the ones that are the only sentient species right. conscious sentient thinking we this story we've been told ever since we were two days old
1: yeah Is well it, it, scares it scares people and people are rightfully so it scares people the unknown scares people which i completely understand and some of that comes from a, a, a religious backdrop you know and we talk about that in the, in the sequel but we don't think that this is a nefarious situation we we feel like you know just you know you go back 100 200 years whatever it is cultures around the world were afraid of things they didn't understand it's common for humans to be afraid of things they don't understand and we're coming out and saying okay let's try and understand this Let's so first first acknowledge that this is science, this isn't witchcraft, this isn't demonology, this isn't something that is going to, you know, come and get you, and and Bigfoot doesn't want to eat you, you know, so, um, and the other point that I want to make about this too is a lot of people say, well, there's no physical evidence, and rarely is there physical evidence, but the one thing that that we found, and unfortunately we don't have anything like this in, in either documentary, is that these individuals have experienced trauma, and we show that, facet of it we show the trauma of it but you can take a brain scan and you can see the trauma on the brain you can actually see a bruise on the brain it's a physical scar if you will i think even medical science will call it a scar from that trauma or that post-traumatic stress syndrome many of these individuals have that you know um in retrospect i would have loved to have got gone deeper down that um but it's true you know and this is this is this is definitely the case for a lot of these folks, and and so there's many people out there that um, I heard a story here at this Bigfoot conference about somebody who was a doctor who um, his wife's car was practically destroyed, you know, um, and that's that's part of it. That's part of the the trauma, and, the, and he said I can never speak of this again. I can't tell anybody publicly. Right, I don't want to right. talk About it. That's yeah. Right. Yeah. These so, are the
0: stories we don't hear very much about because it's almost like the deeper the trauma, the less likely we so are to hear about this story, Yeah, right. but that's yeah. all the more reason we need to hear it so people mm-hmm. are prepared when they go out to wild areas. Yeah. Yeah. You could literally yeah. encounter something, right, that the National Forest Service or the National Park didn't tell you about. Right. No. And and, and, and you're, they're not going to. These people yeah. are saying, I never want to hike again, yeah. I never want to go camping again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm never going out in the woods again. This yeah. is what we hear. I've heard this over and over yeah. again. And yeah. so
3: you can understand why the, the, the national parks and the Forest Service would want to keep it quiet, because think of the impact that would have on, <laughs> <laughs> on finances.
0: But Do you need a puppy in your life? I think, I think so. I got I think yeah, so, so the, that's the thing about it is yeah. it's not all traumatic. On the other mm-hmm. flip side, people have this sense of wonder and astonishment they get telepathic communication yes right yeah the gifting the relation. gifting i know people mm-hmm. have had this experience this too they were yeah. absolutely amazed at some worst moment something showed up just that they needed yeah. at the right time they can't understand yeah. in the middle of nowhere how this perfect object showed up mm-hmm. just what they needed and that is be i think it's, it's very amazing. challenging for our culture to accept that but there's some other sentient or even more advanced creature than us that's around that knows a lot more about us than we know about
1: them some yeah. of these gifts are more personal than like what a husband's going to of a wife on their 25th wedding very personal i mean it is like eerie personal eerie, eerie a good personal personal um but it's but at the same time it's not like scary it's not a bloody knife you know i mean it's like no. these it's like you know it's an already, example in our film. Heart. Yeah, it's from the heart. It's like an example from our film when you know this individual, Tobe Johnson, was talking about how he lost his cell phone. Yeah. And the next day, there's a cell phone. It's muddy. It's dirty. It was obviously found by someone and kept. And they knew and they understood it and they left it for him. It's a, a lot of these things, like the heart that was left for Daryl Adams' wife. The, they're the very bruises, personal. They're very the, touching. The
0: cats and then these little yeah. Cats. Yeah. yeah, it's very touching very touching and very mysterious <laughs> so one final comment i guess i should make as someone who's, who's in the film we want to challenge science and we want science at the same time we're not saying throw science out yeah, but yeah. we're saying this is actually part of what science has been telling us yes. that we haven't we haven't had a discussion about sasquatch in our country but we also haven't had a discussion about a lot of the technology and science that's been under development ever since Nikola Tesla and before. Yeah. yeah. And we could yeah. all agree that is something that we'd like to talk about. We're having discussions about UFOs in Congress right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Hi. that looks like it hurts, Jill. <laughs> you okay? <He's>,
1: I'm okay. <laughs>
0: hey, pal. So we're, we're well, having too much fun, I think. So this is another point: is that science needs to expand its definition of what it is to in- include these phenomena, right? You, and not yeah. just toss it out, Oh, this is paranormal. We don't do that. We're just sticking to flesh and blood, yeah, just you, howls and footprints only. Well, we don't want to hear about orbs. We don't want to hear about mind speak. Yeah, right. Yeah, you can't ignore it. You I can't mean, ignore it's out it. There.
1: And and, yeah. and I think part of the dialogue needs to be this: we need to we need to look out there into the the, the vast you know, economic wilderness of the United States or the world or North yeah. America, or whatever. And we need to challenge some folks out there that have the capacity to be a benefactor and be willing to put up some money to help those folks that are afraid of the ridicule in academia, yes. that have the intelligence, that have the tools, that can go out and help solve this problem a lot faster.
3: Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Do not eat
0: your, my sunglasses, please. Um, I think Astra really wants to be. In this. I think he I wants know. to be in the movies.
3: I am so. the worst puppy baby. You were, were
0: supposed ever. to be the puppy minder here. So the, the thing I want to <laughs> say, so it say it about that: this is the same discussion the U.S. had about child abuse in the 1960s, mm-hmm. as I think I mentioned to you before. It's something that sociologists know about, and, yeah. and it wasn't accepted until groups of people got together, a couple of meetings in Chicago and D.C. And there were a couple figures that said we have to recognize they brought law enforcement and pediatricians and therapists together and they agreed it's really happening. Yeah. The radiographs, this is not kids falling out of trees. This is not kids with thin bone structure. There are yeah. actually events happening that they're being abused. So we're saying something similar, right? I mean, this is experiences yep. people are having. Yes. And... <laughs> And we need to have a national discussion about it, so people either can not feel the stigma, or Mm -hmm. they can get over the trauma they've had. Yeah, I haven't encountered the Sasquatch myself, but I don't know what would happen. I mentioned a case today of a friend in Arizona, Mm -hmm. and she said she just started walking again in trails, not even woods, desert. She was too afraid to go outside. Wow, wow, yeah, because they're that big, yeah, and they have an intensity to them. Oh, yeah. And we've never been trained how to deal with this, yeah, right? right? Yep. So, when can we expect to see the film, folks? Like, so, we're recording this in, uh, right at the end of May, Memorial Day. Memorial how Day. long do we have to wait? I've seen it, and I can say it's fantastic. Thanks. So, see it as soon Maybe. as you can.
3: We are tracking for this fall. I'm saying October, and I'm having the strangest deja vu. I swear we've done this before.
0: So please do, I'm, not right I'm not surprised i'm not surprised it's one of these face yeah. time shifts that we talk about in the film yeah. and i'm going to say folks there's some cases in there that are going to knock your socks off that i've never i've heard sort of things but we have the evidence in this of cases that you are wanna going to know about i mean you're going to want to see yeah. these so yeah. this is go out as soon as you can see this you're going to want to rent this or buy this and to see these cases where we document these types of phenomena that we've mm-hmm. called paranormal whatever they are. Yeah. They're extremely strange and they extremely don't fit any ideas that we've talked about very much. No. No, no. Well, yeah. Yeah. Check it out when Check you get out. a
1: chance before it disappears. No, I'm kidding. It's not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> before it gets censored and de- yeah. get deleted from, yeah. Yeah, exactly. from the algorithms, yeah. So, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's it's a, too controversial. And mark yeah. my words, if
1: anything ever happens to us, you heard it here first. <laughs> no, I'm kidding.
0: Okay, guys. Well, listen, thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, thanks Thank for coming over for to Forks, and we'll, we'll talk soon. Yeah. Thanks. thanks.